everybody, it's Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. I am so excited for you to get your boondocking fix with, uh, with my dear friend, Meredith. It, okay, so boondocking is something that I think more and more people are starting to understand what it is. But essentially, it's just like traveling from place to place. I'm sure there's like a lot of definitions for it, but you're traveling from place to place in your own sort of house, right? You're a turtle. You're living that turtle life. Um, maybe you have a bathroom. Maybe you don't. Uh, Meredith didn't. She just had a truck and she was boondocking for months this past year. And in case this is something that is exciting to you, I am someone who has RV dreams, who is now like partially living her dream. Um, I really want to just have an RV to be able to be on the road and like go visit my friends and have my own little COVID safe bedroom to sleep in and bathroom to use. Right. Um, if only, and it's on the vision board, but, um, in the meantime, I actually live in an RV and I have been for the last two years. No, I've been living in the RV for like a year and a half. Now you're in a couple few months. I had a long sublet when I first moved up here in a tiny house, which was actually great because I got used to living here. And then I moved into an RV, which is like, honestly, living in an RV is like having a pet. Like it's that level of responsibility. Uh, you really have to kind of pay attention to stuff. Um, and living in the Pacific Northwest comes with a lot of humidity. And so there were a lot of learning curves in living here. And um, there are a lot of learning curves in living how to how to live on the road. Um, and I think Meredith figured a lot out and I really wanted to interview her and bring her on the podcast in case some of you have dreams of that. This is something like, you know, you think about, you start in the spring when it's warm, like we talked about temperature in this episode and like that gives you a few months to like kind of plan, plot, organize. There is a lot going on astrologically in the next <laughs> few months. I've seen some astrologers who I esteem like Channing Nichols. Uh, what a babe. What an amazing queer femme astrologer gift we have among us, Channy Nicholas. Uh, her app, the Channy app, it gives me little notifications about like what's going on astrologically, and I really love it. Um, and anyway, so Channy was like, the astrology for November is is a lot. Like it's, I mean, and it's weird, right? Like so, there's a lot coming forward that's like toppling our reality. Um, I feel like Uranus is doing a lot astrologically, there's a lot happening. And I think um, my favorite new way to talk about it is the fuck around and find out planet, like the planet that loves change. It's unpredictable. And that's really hard for a lot of people. But when you've lived a life with a lot of topsy turvy experiences, I think you're more resilient to that kind of stuff. And I think that's where we're going to shine y'all. So um, I feel like, you know, if you want to make some changes in your life, it's probably the truth coming through. Today is the new moon in Scorpio. Um, I love Scorpio season. I have a Scorpio moon and a Scorpio Venus, a whole stellium in Scorpio. That means you have more than three planets um, in your birth chart. And I love Scorpio energy. It's death. It's rebirth. Um, it's transformation. It's transmutation. Um, it is super deep um, obsessiveness. Um, people who are like typical Scorpios have an intense need for privacy, um, but are also really snoopy. It's like a Scorpio detective. Um, and so it's really like getting it, like really want to know how you tick, but like really want their privacy. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit different cause I have, um, you know, some other placements, Mercury and Sagittarius is really what I'll say. Um, so I'm a chattier, uh, than most person with a lot of Scorpio, but I love it. And I love this time of year. I love going deep with people. Um, 
And I think the Scorpio new moon is just a real great opportunity to find out more truth about ourselves. Um, Chani, the aforementioned Chani, was talking about self-deception as something that we can really root out um, with the power of this new moon. And so I'm really hopeful that um, just thinking about possibilities, you know, maybe you're not like going to go live a life on the road, but like, what if you lived the life of your dreams? What's that going to look like for you? You know, and like really taking some time to dream and taking some time to conjure and like sit down with your journal and like, um, just write some stuff down. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. I really fight my perfectionist urge. Um, and I have like a specific for visioning journal. Um, and I get really perfectionistic about it. Um, uh, because I want it to be cute. And I remind myself every time I just need to do something right. Cause the universe doesn't want you to be perfect. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need to be alive. You wouldn't need to learn your lessons. Right. Um, anyway, so I hope that this episode is valuable to you. Uh, Meredith's boondocking tips are great. Um, I've also discussed with Meredith already. We're going to have to do another episode where we talk backstory and all of this, but Meredith making the big, uh, leap from living that corporate life to, I know I want to hit the road with my sound healing, um, apparatus and like, just go be on the road and experience, um, life without a firm, firm plan. Um, anyway, it's, it's a great, uh, episode. I hope it's resourceful for you. And if it brings value to you, the best way to support the podcast is through my Patreon page, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you have ever been called too much, felt too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. This is the class where we are just going to have fun and do some line dances, learn some choreography. Um, Rule number one is you can't get it wrong. Uh, there's no wrong way to do Fat Kid Dance Party. So it's a super supportive class. It's so much fun. I'm doing it on Zoom uh, and I have some pre-recorded options. So I have a full membership at Fat Kid Dance Party Live. It's 25 bucks a month. Um, it's less than the cost of one Soul Cycle class. And it is a whole membership with six aerobics videos available at a time, refreshed weekly. So every week there's a new video. Um, and I film them in the woods to bring the outdoors to you. Um, it's so much fun to make these videos. And uh, there's always a 10 minute, a 20 minute, two 55 minute classes, a chair aerobics class and a can size class, which is a slower, lower tempo for use with an optional cannabis experience. So I love to support people in their self-care. I'm also teaching spiritual self-care um, tips tips. Um, it's like a series of courses of spiritual, spiritual self-care practices and rituals that I kind of center my life around. Um, when I was on my early spiritual journey, I was just kind of like, I don't know, reading articles and like watching interviews and learning from other people's practices and kind of have synthesized several practices for myself. And I wanted to teach them on my Patreon just as a way to have that available for folks. So I've taught on, um, altars, uh, talking to dead people, creating ancestral bridges, um, doing your basic spiritual hygiene. Um, so many things in there. We're already on like month 11. That, that's what's coming up. I cannot believe it's already November. I feel like <laughs> it's nuts, right? It feels like yesterday was like October 1st. And now suddenly it's like November 4th, uh, the Scorpio new moon. 
Um, anyway, I hope you love this episode. I hope it inspires you to live out your dreams and just take that chance. Um, Meredith is really fun. This is also available on my YouTube channel. Um, but I will say the video got a little spotty, but the audio was okay. So, um, if you want to see her airstream, if you want to see, uh, Meredith in a super cute little sundress, uh, you can tune in over there. I'm self care party on YouTube and there's a link to it in the show notes. I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. I love that. Welcome to the podcast, Meredith. Hi! It's so exciting. I'm so excited to have you on here, my Muppety friend. Um, we are quite literally on a porch because you're in Phoenix, Arizona right now, outside in a little covered hangout place adjacent to a home, a porch, if you will, on, in fact, wicker furniture, or at least adjacent to some wicker furniture. Adjacent to them. You've got it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. I've already told you this, but I'm going to tell our listeners we're going to have another podcast with Meredith and get into the backstory of like how this Muppety, uh, creative, enthusiastic creature came to be in this world. But today, I really want to focus on your boondocking adventure for the last year, um, which is so exciting. It's so much fun to like know you and know someone who's like, you know what? I'm selling everything and I'm going to live on the road. Um, and so I just want to like really give people a framework of like how it works for you so that if they're interested in boondocking and maybe like hitting the road in the spring, um, or maybe now if they're my Australian babes, right, it's spring down there now. Um, just like, what are those logistics and how does that look? So I want to start, um, with Meredith and corporate America. At some point you told your son, Bruce, who is now 21, um, I'm going to like leave my job eventually. So like, you're going to really be on your own. So like, I know you yeah. have the intention of like exiting corporate America. Tell me about that. Right. So, um, in 2015, I was certain I was going to leave. I wasn't sure what it looked like, but my son was 15. Luckily his birthday was in 2000. So the age is never a problem. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I became a registered, uh, yoga instructor. And so my son, thought his mom was going to leave this very well-paying job to become a yoga instructor. And when we sat down to talk about it and I'm talking to him, I realized, I don't know if I can live off 14,000 a year and like still have our home. I don't think that's going to work. Right. So I started to put the motion in place and, and talk to him about it. And so he was well aware that by the time he was 18, I would have left the corporate culture. And so when it came to that last year of the corporate and they really kind of knew it was coming and they offered me something more. And I was like, well, actually I'm going to leave, <laughs> but I was 40 years old. And so, and I think, you know, this from your background, cause you've been in law. Like I very much knew my rights because my job had taught me my rights. So here I was in my mid forties. They had taught me all about how I was protected after age 40. And I'm like, well, this is going to go down. And it did. Um, so I told them and they pretty much were like, great, we'll go find your job. And so for a year, I, I kind of like sat around and made a lot of money and, um, and didn't find a job. I didn't find a job at all. But to just go back a little bit, I had already looked at teeny homes from like 2013, I think is like the first time it comes up on my Facebook memories, right, of where I was trying to figure out a way to make it work. So I was posting back then, like, if I bought land and placed three teeny homes on it, 
would that be something you'd want to come visit? So that's like one of my original thoughts was I will do that. And so then as my son and I were talking and he's at this point like 16 and I'm going, well, um, I'm going to have to get rid of the house, I guess. Right. So I, I had thought a lot about it, but I didn't really know how it would go down. Um, my boyfriend at the time was very generous and offered to let me live with him because I knew I wanted to get rid of everything. So I sold my condo at that point. Um, and at this point I had downsized from two homes, two vehicles. I still had two vehicles, I guess, but to two homes, to a condo. And then I got rid of it. I, um, I put what I had in storage and I went to live with him for a year. And when that didn't progress, I was like, all right, well, I still have my dream, right? Like I have this dream. I knew I, I've always been a gypsy before my son was born. I lived all over. Um, and we'll go over that the next time, <laughs> but you know, it's always been a way that I, I kind of see the world. And so, and the partner I was with, as much as I love him, he was not really a travel person. And so, um, it kind of ended. Right. And so that happened the month before the pandemic. <laughs> and so here I was in the beginning of the pandemic, like, huh, I have no relationship. I have no home. I have nothing. Um, I owned a streamline, right? So I have a trailer. So I am very blessed. I have the most amazing ex-in-laws. And so I put that on their property where I'm at now and started to figure out what I was going to do. I want to make it clear. This is an Airstream trailer, like one of the steel ones that's super rounded. And if you're early on your journey of like figuring out about RVs and like lifestyle and that kind of stuff, understand that like these beautiful metal concoctions are very specifically shaped. But what I've learned from knowing Meredith and being friends with her and her internet connection is that like these Airstreams are terrible for Wi-Fi. So if you're someone who wants to be a nomad and have some Wi-Fi so you can like work or connect, the really consider whether you really want a metal vehicle. Okay. Don't get a metal vehicle. They're pretty. It's nice for the back of your in-laws. I would never do it again. Uh, it's just not practical. I don't, <laughs> right? Like it's beautiful. And I'm really big on like what I own is, is very, very specific and it's very specific. But yeah, if you are looking at boondocking, I would not get that trailer. I would do what I did, which was get a second vehicle <laughs> and live out of the vehicle. Um, so yeah, so fast forward. So it was the beginning of pandemic and I had decided I was going to do this trip. And before the pandemic had hit, I had all these house sitting jobs across the nation. So it was all gonna be paid for, right? I was gonna do sound a few places and all that fell through because people don't want a random person during a pandemic in their home, understandable. So a little over a year ago, I started to look for a truck. Um, in fact, it just came up in my memories. I haven't even owned the truck for a year. And so, isn't that funny? I like it, it came up yesterday, the post that I had said was, any women or men who are really good at trucks and can help me find one, I'll pay you. Um, no one did, but that's okay. <laughs> so I got a truck and um, I built it out and I, I planned accordingly. And then I went on my trip. Yeah. Um, there's so much to say, I don't know where to start. Okay, so let's start with, so you decided on a truck as your vehicle. Had you considered like a little class B or a little baby RV or like a sprinter van? What was it about a truck that made you decide, yeah, this is the vehicle I want to boondock in? Money. 
because my dream vehicle is a Sprinter. So it's all about the money, right? Like I, when I left my corporate job, I haven't, I mean, I've worked a little as a caregiver for a psychic and I do my sound stuff, but um, it's all the finance. So my next vehicle will be a Sprinter. In three years, you can do a podcast with me. I will have a built out Sprinter. I already know it. Um, um, I love it. I can see it. Right. It's going to be awesome. And at that point, maybe I'll get rid of the trailer. We'll see. But, you know, who's to say? But no, I really wanted a van or a truck. But the truck was, I knew, going to be the most economical based on having talked to people. And I wanted something that wasn't going to break down on me, right? Like I knew, I planned ahead. And this is something I would suggest to anybody is you have to plan for all the shit going down. Like I planned for my truck breaking down and it did twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I planned every place I stayed, which I think you and I have talked about before is because I was in a truck and a female who does not carry, I did not stay anywhere where I wasn't allowed to stay or where I even questioned it, right? Like there'd be times I'd be like, this is perfect. I want to stay here. And then I'd be like, I don't know if I can, like I wouldn't have service. So I couldn't Google at that point if I was in for service or not. And so those times I bailed, I just didn't stay um, because I had the truck. Right. And so if someone knocked on my door, I'd have to get out. Mm-hmm. That's not good. I don't consider that a safe situation. Um, so there was that. So that's what made me decide on the truck. I also have friends that are nomads or have live the nomadic lifestyle and I'd seen the way that they have built out the truck and I've seen vans so I knew I could go other either way when I found a vehicle um I want to talk about your truck specifically and how you built it out because you so ultimately the reason why if someone knocks on your vehicle while you're sleeping that you have to get out is because you're literally like you drive the truck in the front in the cab and then you're getting into a covered back bed right of it in order to sleep so real so it is really vulnerable like I mean that's kind of a thing about being a a woman solo on the road uh or uh, any person but obviously like women any person are prey in this country women and people of color are prey in this country and so um really want needing to be mindful about that kind of stuff and um so that makes a lot of sense I love your build out of your truck we talk about like what you did like you bought the truck and then what did you do to make your bed and your storage? It's amazing. So um, I have friends actually who stole their truck. And so I used their build out. And so what it is, is um, a platform right above where the wheels are. And so it's, it's um, what is that called? Not wood. It's plywood. Is that what it is? Plywood. No. What's yeah. that other stuff? It's a plywood. Probably plywood. It's a very thin piece of wood, right? And so that goes across the bottom. And then we laid down insulation. And then I bought the most amazing mattress, like (laughs) no joke to this day. I wish I could be sleeping on that every night. And it was $200 on Amazon. It was a four inch foam, right? So it came all rolled up. And like, that was one of the most fun moments was me taking that in the back of the truck myself and undoing it. It was like, wow, that was, that was when I knew it was real, honestly, at that point. And then underneath the bed, right? So like I said, that goes above the wheels. So then you have the space underneath and there's two drawers that go the full length of the truck. So I was able to keep all my camping gear. Uh, not that I had much at that point, but I had a little able to keep all my food stuff. Cause as you know, I'm a big foodie. So I had a juicer with me. I had a shower, I had, an, I mean, I have an oven, I have it all, right? Like I need my food. Um, I have my apothecary with me, I had an altar with me. 
You have your most important What's that? stuff. You don't have it all. You have your most important stuff. And nourishing yourself is really important to you. I will also say, as someone who lives in a tiny home, I have a juicer in my house. I have two crock pots on my counters. Like, it's like- they I've got three. I get it. Yeah. I got three because I have my cannabis one and then my other two I cook with. So yeah, I'm with you. And it's, so it's, um, but the build out worked out really good because I have all my instruments that I travel with. So they, I have um, a back seat in my truck, right? So what they, I put all the instruments in the back seat. I left the passenger seat open because I knew that there would be two times when somebody would be traveling with me. And quite frankly, when they weren't, that's just where all my shit goes, right? Like that's, I'm, I'm driving for four or five hours on some days. So I would leave that open. And then the bed was just there. And so when I would get to my stop, I'd go lay on my bed. It was great. I highly recommend it um, to anyone who's considering it, you know? And the best part is to try it out ahead of time. Like that was the other thing was, you saw my road journeys. I don't know if I detailed, I can't recall if I put it online or not, but I took it out twice for two weeks at a time, for a week at a time. So mm -hmm. two total weeks to see all the things I had to do, right? Because there were many things that were not perfect until I took it out that weren't safe. Like I realized, oh wait, like I want to have a lock on the back. Like I didn't even have a lock at first. So literally anyone could walk by and walk in my truck while I was sleeping. So I, I got a lock on it. I suggest that. I put carpet on the top. That's the other most amazing thing. So if you put carpet on the top of the truck, Velcro sticks to it. That was a trick I learned. And so that's why I get it to decorate and keep all my artwork on top. I keep all the lights up. I have a stick from my adopted grandchild, but anything I'm given, I can just stick with Velcro and it's that easy. Yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. So not only do you have a cozy place to sleep, you have a way to make your food, how do you go to the bathroom? How did you plan for that? Um, that's a great question because I went outside most of the time. And I honestly, like, I'm a very feral person. Like there's that joke that goes around about 96%. I am literally 96% feral. Like when I'm in the city, I go to 95. And when I'm outside the city, I'm at 99. So I prefer to squat. Like even if there's a rest room, I'd rather just squat like if possible, except for the number two, in which case I'd use the restroom. I also have a shovel. Um, and, uh, I didn't carry a bucket with me cause I have a shovel. So but you I know can, many people's paper. You can carry a bucket. There are options yep. for this. I learned this from my camping days. I also, I mean, my camping days continue to be ongoing. And I was also a Girl Scout and a nightlife promoter in New York city where bathrooms are scarce. So I know how to go to the, I can pee anywhere, but I prefer, I prefer a toilet. I'll say that my preference is toilet. I know we're close to 96% barrel, but um, it is like, it's very liberating. If you can learn to get over yourself and pee outside, like the world becomes your oyster. And as someone who is very hydrated and pees once an hour, like, right. Like it's one of those things where like, that's the first, like for me with the boondocking desires and my RV dreams, like, I mean, I literally live in an RV, but it doesn't go anywhere. And I don't have a vehicle that can pull it. And having lived in something this size, I don't need this size to be on the road. Like on the road, you need a place to sleep. For me, a little private place to pee, um, <laughs> an area for my cat to be, right? And climate control yeah. so my cat can be with me. Um, anyway, how did you do now, climate control? I was going to say, now for climate control, I didn't do anything, but they do have, and I could have, because I looked into this quite a bit. I, I really wanted to get a pet, but I didn't know what I'd be doing afterwards. It turned out to be a good thing that I didn't, right? Um, but what they have now on Amazon is this fan 
and it's temperature controlled and it links to your phone. It's amazing. So you'll be on the road and you'll say, okay, it's time to go do what I got to do, right? Go to fitness and shower or whatever. And you put on the fan and the device and you keep your phone on you. And it literally tells you, hey, it's getting too warm in there. Like whatever you set it at. And you know, you have to leave and go check on your pet. It's amazing. So they do have that. I did not, however, have that. So for temperature control, I would open my windows. Um, occasionally, I open the back of the truck. Honestly, it, other than in Arizona, which is like my home base, most places, I didn't have to even think about it because they got cold, not hot. Mm -hmm. uh, upper part of Michigan was my biggest challenge, mm -hmm. the, the northern, the upper peninsula, because it was hot and there were bugs. And so I'd want to be in my truck. And then I'm in my truck. It's just that that didn't work for me. So I really, I tried to follow temperature. And that's something I would recommend to other people is like, there are many nomads who follow the weather. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. I did it. I, I don't know why people don't do it, but everyone's got their own reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny because I live in a seasonal um, village. Like it started as like just a seasonal RV park where a lot of women from Arizona, actually, that's how it's Really? the women from Arizona wanting a summer place and um and so there's a pretty less and less sizable every year more people are staying year-round but like there's a lot of folks who would prefer it in the winter because it's less crowded so it's cold oh. like it's cold like nine months of, out of the year it's, I mean I'm I'm be honest I'm kind of uncomfortable right now I'm like wearing and for those listening to the podcast I'm wearing like a cute little uh sequin butterfly crop top but like anyway right so you're cold so it's cold there oh it's cold it's getting down to 38 degrees at night and it's um in october like or it's november now oh and by the way happy birthday scorpio queen thank you that was awesome yeah. i love birthdays they're fun they're so fun and what a good celebration what a great reason to celebrate another year on earth never promised to us always a gift a hundred percent yeah uh okay so tell me about like the so you got the truck so you had the dream you got the truck um and you started making you built out and you were like okay and you tested it out and then what did your itinerary look like where did you go and like what was your budget and how did you figure that out oh budget mm. so i <laughs> i am very good with the budget but i'm not and let me explain. Can I explain that for a second? Oh, so I, my whole life lived, lived extremely poor. I mean, we're talking, I, I got through college on $25 a week, like no exaggeration that included my food. Um, and I, I lived that way. So when I rose to corporate America, one of the reasons I did that was because I wanted the security of finance, right? I didn't want to always be wondering where my next meal was or whatnot. So when you say budget, um, I have yet to look at the final numbers because I don't want to do that. And I don't think I will um, because I, I didn't do the trip for that. So I can tell you my budget was um, mileage wise, 20 to 25 cents per um, mile. So when I went to purchase something like, let's say I was on the road, I'm like, I'm lazy. I don't want to make coffee. $4 in coffee yeah, you know, I, I kind of, is that really worth it? Like that kind of thing. So everything I did was based on mileage. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was a caregiver for a psychic. So I had at least 10,000 put aside for this. Like I knew, I knew that I didn't want to think about it when I was on the road. And so I did it. Um, my 
the way that I did the trip was I knew I wanted to spend a month in Oregon because for years I had been calling Oregon my next home and I didn't know why. Like it was really random. I have no idea why I did that. Um, I still like when I drive through Oregon, I'm like, oh, I'm home, even though I'm not. And that's not even my next home. Um, so I had decided to go to Oregon to visit another goddess, uh, Kate. And so my first stop actually though was sailing, the, the mother of all goddesses, right? Yeah. So um, I went and visited her the first time and I did, cause I wanted to see Joshua Tree. So I got a national park pass, right? Cause I figure I'm gonna be going across country. So I went, I did Joshua Tree, I visited Saline. And then at that point I went up through the Sierra Nevadas because I had never done that before. So I thought I'll do that. And then I um, spent a couple of days in the Redwoods because I love the Redwoods and I'm so happy I'm going to be moving there. I love them. Um, and then I went to Oregon. And then when I got to Oregon, I had a place where I could put all my stuff and then I explored more. Right. So I, we drove up, we saw you. Um, I that did a few so different side journals. Fun. I loved that so much. Having you and Kate stop by like just three hours, so nourishing, so much fun. Thanks for stopping by. If anybody's on the Olympic Peninsula, I love having visitors in my front yard. And Meredith did a beautiful sound bath and I will link it in the show notes so you can just like listen to it and bathe in it. It was like, it was really profound for me. It like really sent me some places. You're such oh. a great healer. Oh, I love that. Thank you. It was, it was incredible, right? Like that's, and, and again, like I really, I kind of feel like that's my home still, that area of the world. So we'll see what happens because um, life is funny like that. So then I told myself I would leave by July 1st. So I had certain dates I had to be places because I had said it that way. So um, I had talked to a, call, a high school friend that I hadn't seen in 30 years, literally, but we have been talking. And so we had talked for the whole year that I was planning it. And she's like, so originally I was going to go to Michigan just to visit her, right? Like that was it. Like, okay, I'll go to Michigan, never gone, whatever. I want to see my friend. And then like two months before I went on the trip, Willow says, you know, I've got a college reunion in the Adirondacks. And don't you want to go see Saratoga, our home, our high school town? And I thought, I do, but I don't want to drive in Saratoga alone. And she said, well, then I'll go with you. So that was my next destination. I knew I had to be mid-July-ish in Michigan so that we could make it to New York by, I think it was August. So um, so I originally was going to do Yellowstone and go up to Glacier National Park. And so another thing I'd recommend to people who are doing this is um, take a look at not only the weather, but of the news in the area you're going to. Because I was really big on that. Before I would go somewhere, I would research their local news. I'd look at their weather. Uh, for me, I'd look at their COVID numbers because at the time I was not vaccinated. I am now, but at the time I was not, and I was very concerned, right? So I, I planned it that way. So I went to leave and I was going to Yellowstone. I'm like, I can't go to Yellowstone. They've got record numbers. This is not going to work. And same thing with Glacier Park. I felt like that doesn't really make sense. So July 4th, I went to the Badlands, which was so cool because no one else was in the Badlands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I kind of planned stuff that way. Um, and then from there, I broke down in Wisconsin, found out they were not cannabis friendly, but otherwise exceptionally welcoming and friendly. And then um, and I Michigan. And then from there, I spent three weeks there. And that was actually really cool because I'm on another thing, another tip for people, especially if you're a woman listening to this. There are groups on Facebook for women like us, there's Road Trip Her, there's a few others. I think you're gonna link to me. So reach out to me and ask me and I will link you to all the groups, all of them, because those groups 
not only saved me a few times, but also like I've made some lifelong friends. So when I was in Michigan, right, one of the women reached out and was like, I've always wanted to boondock. I see you're in Michigan. Can I come join you? And I was like, yeah, if you bring me your own car, because I don't want to drive in a car, right? Like being COVID safe and whatnot. I'm like, absolutely. And so she joined me for like a week on my travels. So that was really cool. Um, road tripper. And so then we went to Saranac because we wanted to see where the women's movement became and if, research that if you haven't, because it's really phenomenal, really phenomenal. Um, and then we went to Saratoga Springs, New York, which is beautiful. And it was so amazing. So I think I got off topic of the question, but, um, but yeah, so, so my plans were, I had different places, right? Like my mom's grave I had in Massachusetts. I went to college in Vermont. So I wanted to go see the college, which, was kind of funny when looking back at it, like that didn't mean anything to me. Um, my first girlfriend and her family lives in Virginia, so I want to see them. So I planned my trip by having these people I wanted to see, and I filled in the gaps in between. Um, and I will say that in the beginning of the trip, I thought that the trip was all going to be about the traveling and seeing the United States. And in the end, when people asked me like the best parts, it was definitely the, like, I'm even getting teary. It was by far the people, right? Like, I mean, I saw you, I saw my high school friends, I saw my mom and her relative, I saw my ex, like, it was just like, those were things that at, at this age, I'm 49, like, I have a lifetime of friends and we didn't have the internet back then. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing to be able to go see people that even on the, aren't on the internet, right? Because when I got back to high school, like, I have many friends who I purposely didn't even post pictures of because they're very private and that's their, I respect that. Um, but had I not showed up, I would have never had that time. But yeah, that was so, so great. And then in the end, I, so to finish how I, how I figured it out. So I thought I was just going to do this trip and we were going to do glowing goddess getaway retreat in Joshua tree. And in the interim, I got a job, um, through, you know, I got an interview through Mindy and uh, who you've interviewed on here before. She's an amazing artist, amazing artist. So um, actually, can I tell that story? Cause that's kind of a funny story. Right. So, so we were visiting, I was visiting Mindy at the beginning of the trip and, and Mindy doesn't know, but I tell everybody this. So I'm visiting Mindy at the beginning of the trip and we're outside at the river. And she's like, so after all this, where are you gonna work? What are you gonna do? And I was like, oh, like in a dream world. And I, I know I said that cause I'm certain in my mind, it was in a dream world or in a perfect world, I will live somewhere and, and I will work for being able to live there, right? And I'll be able to do my yoga and my sound and my Reiki and then like work with the plant to make money would be ideal. And um, so a month after I left Washington, I was actually in Michigan. I'll never forget the call. I was like on a bridge. I have a picture of it. And she's like, I'm going to hook you up with this woman. Like I, the place that you want is there. And I was like, oh my god I totally didn't believe her when she said that yeah you know you always say I know of a place but she actually knew of a place um so at that point here I am in Michigan and I'm making plans for my next job and so by the time I got to New York we had decided that we couldn't really decide if I was going to take the job without meeting so even though I had already gone to the Redwoods <laughs> I knew I had to kind of do a lot of my trip again so I started planning how I was going to finish the trip, which was Glowing Goddess. And then I'd go to the Redwoods and do my interview. But Glowing Goddess had to get canceled. Um, and so, you know, like that's the, the Glowing Goddess Getaway is a women's self-care cannabis retreat. It's actually how I met Meredith. 
And uh, we were we were scheduled to do three in-person getaways this year, which all got canceled due to COVID and wildfire smoke, which is super sad. Um, and so Meredith's like plan involved this like for a while we thought this thing was happening in Joshua Tree. Okay, keep going. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so like, a lot of my plan had been how do I kill time before that, right? And then that got canceled. So I was in Oklahoma working because I needed to make money to get back across the country. Um, in my mind, I mean, not really, but in my mind I did. And uh, another goddess, Kate, who I mentioned early, or reached out and said, well, since they're not having glowing goddess getaway and since you need to come to Northern California, my mom on Coos Bay, Oregon says that the house is open to you. So um, thank you, Nelda. <laughs> Uh, and Greg. So then I decided to plan to go to Oregon. So I left Oklahoma, like as soon as I knew that, I'll be honest, I was out of Oklahoma within I think two days. I was done. I was so done. Um, Oklahoma was not made for me. You went to Oklahoma to do a trimming job, right? So like you kind of had like a gig set up. I had a gig set up. Yeah. And I could have stayed there as long as I wanted. I totally had a place to live and all that. I just, um, I have a very hard time with city energy. And so for me to be in a city like Phoenix, I have to be in a very beautiful place like I am right now, um, like kind of isolated from the city. And then I choose when to go into that energy. And Oklahoma City, you don't really have that choice. Mm -hmm. So I was out of there. So I went to the coast and then, um, yeah. So that was how I planned my trip was some of it was planned, some wasn't. And I definitely, if anyone's watching this, thinking about doing this, I highly recommend leaving yourself gaps because you'll get to places and this happened to me where I'm like, I don't want to leave. And, and, and you'll get to other places where you're like, I'm out of here. And it's hard to say which places will do that to you, you know? Yeah, it's also really interesting. Like when you plan a trip like this, I did a cross country road trip in my Prius with my dog in 2011. Um, and I felt like ultimately when I made the trip, when I was done, it felt like I had little hearts everywhere in the country because I had managed to stay with people I knew and loved. Um, like other than two nights, two nights I was in hotels and that was, that was actually a choice. I could have stayed with somebody, but I just needed a little alone space. And it was really amazing. I was just like, like when you hit the road, if you have an urge to hit the road, especially later in life, like when you've got like a decade or two of adulthood, like you've got friends, you've got people, if you've been living a life like that to go and connect with, and it does, it's honestly always the best part of a journey for me. I love planning a trip around getting to see specific people but then also leaving those gaps. This is the beautiful thing about being on the road is like, you don't have to, just thinking about like, oh, if I want to go to this place, I want to also go here and here and here and here. And it's so much easier if you just, you could just take your little house with you like a little snail. Yeah. And it's so much cheaper, right? Like so yeah. much. Because a few nights I did stay in hotels. Like there were a few times where I'm like, I need a shower. There wasn't a plan of fitness or um, one time when I was in Mackinac Island after all those mosquitoes and I was like, it's raining. And I'm like, you know what? I freaking deserve a hotel. Like, let's, let's be real. Like, <laughs> I got Mackinac Island. Yeah. Phenomenal. It really, and, and I honestly like all of the upper and lower peninsula are beautiful if it weren't for the bugs. Like, and I don't mean to be picky, but I don't like bugs and I'm not scared of them. I just don't like to be bit by them. There's a lot of them. Um, That's okay. why I have this. Oh yeah, totally. Um, okay. So, so then um, let's talk about breaking one law at a time. We talked about this in person. That's so important. 
so important. So years ago, I had been given the advice that you should only break one law at a time. And I thought, well, that's kind of genius because as a cannabis user, <laughs> I'm always breaking a law somewhere, right? Like federally, I'm always breaking a law. Let's not pretend that I'm not. Um, and for other reasons. So I went the speed limit the entire time, which I thought was going to be a huge challenge. I really thought like, oh my God, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. People are going to pass me. I'm not going to handle it. No, it was a blessing. I like threw it on cruise control. My gas, like, can we talk about gas mileage? It's true what those old people say. Like if you go the speed limit, you save major bucks. Like no joke. I, I was laughing because I was able to record. So I checked my miles per gallon, like every single time because my odometer doesn't work. <laughs> So I'm one of them, right? And I'd be able to tell like, wow, I was going, I was going 75 and now I only got 15 miles a gallon instead of 16 and a half. Like, you know, so it was interesting, but definitely think you should only break one law at a time because I didn't even get pulled over until I hit the state of Arizona. And I'm sure that was because my comfort level was so high. I was like, oh, whatever, I'm back home. And within a day I got pulled over. <laughs> And I deserved it for all, I 100% deserve it. I don't blame anyone but myself. And I think it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, I love that. So also breaking one lot of time is also important too. Just in, I heard, I read this in a good weed book once about um, how uh, if you have kids, you've got to be really careful. It's like, you can have kids, drugs, and or guns, but you have to pick two, right? Because like, everything you do complicates like legally how repercussions yeah. are right so like if you don't want to get caught just drive the speed limit right if you don't if you want to drive if you want to speed don't carry drugs with you um and you were also really intentional about what paraphernalia you brought on the road and like what smokables versus edibles etc tell me about like how you plan yes. for your trip yes I did, um, because I knew that there were a few times I'd be going to law to states where no matter what, it's illegal. So when I left, I had actually had quite a bit of canvas on me. And so what I decided to do for myself, and I, you know, everyone's got their own thing, was I decided not to travel with more than two ounces of flour. Because when I researched laws, it seemed like the two ounces of flour was kind of the cap. And I figure... If a again, this was all my own mental stuff. I'm not saying it's legit or not, but I figure, you know, a dog comes in, they're going to find the flower, right? Mm -hmm. um, I did press the rest of my stuff. So I had made a bunch of rosin, but rosin's really small. And so I was able to take all the rosin, put it in a lunchbox, put it in my cooler at the bottom of my food and nobody ever, that, that's just something that wouldn't have even come up, right? Like it's not going to get smelled. It's frozen. It's down there. So I felt really comfortable about that part. I also kept everything in the back. So besides the cooler, everything stayed in the back of my truck so that if I got pulled over, I had nothing in the cab, right? Because the whole concept of like being pulled over and DUI, I was not going to get a DUI. Uh, touch wood, never had a DUI, don't want to get one. So I kept everything in the back, right? Like, and, and there's, I had no reason to do anything but stop if I needed medicine and, and if I needed it. I, and I, of course I had edibles. I have, because of this trip and my, my dental journey, an insane tolerance when it comes to edibles. So yes, I had them on me. Um, I make my own because of my insane tolerance, but I had started with four jars of nut butter. Each one I think was like 4,000 milligrams. <laughs> Wow. And I, 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 again, people who are not cannabis users, 4,000 milligrams, like 
I, an ounce. A an not ounce to weed. Yeah, a non a non user would probably like your dose is going to be like three grams, uh, maybe five grams of THC in an edible. So like, it's just funny when you get to a high tolerance, it's hard to get the edibles you need, the medicine you need at a dispensary because they just can't sell it. Um, they make them in these like yeah. 10 milligram portions, which is good. It's good for people who aren't, listen, it's better to be safe than sorry, but like making your own nut butter is exactly the way to go when you're a high tolerance babe. Yeah. And it was necessary, but you're absolutely right. Like I'd see friends of mine, right? Like, again, I'm seeing people I haven't seen in 30 years. So I've, I've kind of been known as a pothead my whole life. No, no joke there. Other than when I was in corporate America, no one knew, you know, until the end. Um, but I'd see them and I'd be like, oh, I have nut butter, but yeah, I don't think so. Like I'd, if you know your tolerance and like the people who knew their tolerance, it, there was, I think one person I was able to give like half a teaspoon to, you know, because I was like, okay, so this, here's your, I think it was like a hundred milligrams. This was a hundred teaspoons, you know? So it was, it is, it was good, but it worked great for me because I didn't run out until Oklahoma. And so then I was able to get to, which was perfect. So then I got to Oregon and I was able to get it all stocked again. But I definitely, definitely think being safe in that situation, right? Like I was towed once. I, you know, I actually talked to cops quite a bit on the road. Like um, when I was younger, I was scared of them. I was not scared. Like there was twice I actually walked up and asked them. <laughs> One of the times was not smart. So um, in Wisconsin, I, I walked up to a cop and I said, I'm just curious. Like, I believe that it's against the law. Totally. Am I allowed to use CPD? <laughs> because I was stuck at a they were fixing my car and I was like freaking out right like and I'm like okay I have a CBD pen maybe I can hit my CBD pen and the cop looked at me and that it just wasn't like they didn't even register it and they're like we don't allow drugs in our state and I'm like okay so yeah um definitely keep it separate <laughs> and being mindful about that kind of stuff too um and just like what you have and what how you're gonna get caught just being really smart I think this is where these online communities can help a lot too is just like thinking ahead, thinking through, um, and making plans. Um, will you tell me about the bud and breakfast that you're going to land at? When do you get there? And like, what are the offerings going to be like? And how big is the bud and breakfast? It's, it's incredible. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. It's River Farm Bud and Breakfast. It's the first bud and breakfast in all of Humboldt County. And they've been closed for COVID. And we're reopening March 1st. I will be moving there in January. Um, so that we can start setting it all up, right? So it, there are four bedrooms, but we are going to keep it at three bedrooms for now so that each bedroom has its own bathroom, completely COVID safe. Um, it's stunning. It's five stars all around. It's on a little boutique farm, right? So you can go toward the farm if you want to go see all the plants. You wake up and you just see farmland. It's beautiful. Ugh, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to get Terry. Um, and the woman who owns it is an incredible chef, Desiree. She's been a personal chef for over 10 years. And if you go online and you look at the pictures, you'll be like, wow. I've had two friends from Phoenix who don't use cannabis who specifically were like, so if we come there, is that weird? Like, are we going to not be comfortable? I'm like, oh no, you'll totally be comfortable. And they're coming based on the food. Um, so there's no smoking in the rooms upstairs. So there's smoking downstairs. It's very elegant. It's very farm house-like. Um, you can smoke all outside. I'm going to have some plants ready. Hopefully by then I'm going to try to pick up a few clones and bring them with me because I can legally grow. And then we can incorporate that 
into people's um, experience because we can't take anything from the grow house for legal purposes. But if I personally have plants, I can personally gift people a bud. Um, and then of course we'll have the leaves for the cooking and, and high teas. Um, we're gonna offer Reiki sessions and yoga and sound for anyone who wants. I have a beautiful space outside as well as in. And so I'm, I'm over the moon to be quite honest. Like I don't even believe this experience is gonna come to fruition, but I know it is. And it's, it's hard waiting for it, but I'm excited. What are you gonna do for the next three months or two <laughs> Well, for two weeks, I've been going antsy and I've already gone to Tucson, so. <laughs> and that's like three days after surgery when they're like, you probably should do nothing. And I got down to Tucson, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably should have done nothing. So I came home. Um, so I have another surgery scheduled. And right now, until then, I am just trying to not smoke cannabis and be calm. Um, I'll probably go to Quartzite to see, um, to see a goddess or two. And I'll do some exploring around here. You know, I've got some friends. I've got two trainings that I'm so excited for. In fact, <laughs> so excited. I signed up for the second today. So I'm doing a drum circle facilitation training so I can take that to the retreats, right? So I'm going to bring my drums and everything. We can do a little drum circle. It's going to be amazing. And then I'm doing another drum class as well. I'm probably buying a new drum. Who knows? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, I have a drum. I'm so excited for you to facilitate drum circles. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah. My mom is like, it's so funny. My mom is so uh, generous, but she likes to give you stuff that she wants to give you. So like whenever I have a musical instrument, I want that's who I ask because my mom wants to give me music. So she's bought me a banjo, which I'm excited to learn how to use. Um, and I think it was it the same year as the banjo. I think it was the year before she gave me my drum. Anyway, it's like a medicine. What drum. kind of drum? It's like, um, it's handheld and it's like ceremonial. And it was, um, she and I, I got certified as a Reiki instructor and then a Reiki master. Um, and my mom was inspired by me to, uh, to pursue her Reiki master. And she like got connected to the drum maker and just like was inspired to, to get it for me. I wanted it because I, I had recognized sound healing was really helpful for me. So just even having a drum that I can play and just get into universal heartbeat has been really soothing, but I am really stoked. Actually, I cannot believe I'm saying this 42 years old. I used to roll my eyes at drum circles when I was <laughs> Did you? I'm like literally excited at the idea that Meredith knows how to do drum circles for the glow and goddess getaway. <laughs> I can't believe you used to roll your eyes. So judgy about woo stuff and spirituality. And like, I did not get it. I was not raised with spirituality. So being in like festival community with people who are like women specifically who are really woo, really, I picked up a button once that says drum crazy. And I like, I found it on something and I was like, this describes those women very, very accurately. Drum crazy. Like people like, get a drum every time they go somewhere. But now I, I get it. Like I understand. <laughs> I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Like I was, I was judgy before and I am so open now. So. <laughs> We had to go through that to get here, right? It's a nice life when you're willing to change all these like opinions you have and just really open up and soften to the possibilities of who you really are. It's a really beautiful life. And it really comes alive when you have friends like you, Meredith, like who are doing their own thing and like being like this corporate thing does not serve me. I got to figure out a way out and then manifesting it just bit by bit and just 
allowing the unfolding. Um, and it happens. Like, I'd like to say to any of your listeners, like, all you have to do is speak it into existence. <clears throat> and I think that's important. Like, say out loud what you want. <clears throat> there's no reason not to, right? Like, there's no reason. And if you don't want anyone else to know your dreams, I get that. But say it out loud, like, to yourself when no one's around. Because manifesting is so real. My whole life has been manifested in good and bad. So I've learned to keep keep my mouth shut at times, right? <laughs> We're always speaking spells over ourselves and you can either cast spells of possibility or cast spells of limitation. And I really, it was a habit. It was a habit and like a weird, like way that I was always trying to keep myself back when I was speaking bad about myself. And it took me a long time to really understand the power of my, my spoken word and speaking my dreams. And you know what? If you don't have people you can share your dreams with, you need to get better people. You need to find a group of friends who support you and support your vision for yourself and who will vision with you. Cause that's also the power of like prayer. My favorite visioning exercise, we've been doing this on our questioning reality sessions on the glowing goddess getaway discord is like visioning as though something has already happened. So speak the story like, oh, I remember when Meredith uh, showed up at River Farms Bud and Breakfast. It was just wildly popular and they were booked out a year in advance and they set up some special boondocking spots for people to come visit so that a few more people could get Meredith's sound healings. And I remember when COVID disappeared in person again, and it was super fun. And we got to tour and travel together and heal and connect and have the best time on the road when it was weather uh, appropriate. And we had these beautiful winter gatherings at sporadically uh, when we hibernated for the year. No, I love the speaking it. I was sad. I didn't realize I had missed that Friday night until I realized it was my birthday. So that makes sense. But it's every Friday <laughs> night. So like, this is our, it's so funny. Mindy said this out loud and I really agree. She's like getting really stoned and questioning reality is what I always wanted for my Friday nights. And I was like, yeah, actually me too. And like, so we're just, doing yeah. it. it's fun. It's whatever is organic in the conversation. The first one we had, we've only had two. First one we had, we had like 20 people. The second one, I was we, at that. yeah, you were at that one. And uh, the second one, we had five. So like, it really just, it's going to flow and ebb and it's going to be what we need it to be. And I'm just grateful to be in community with people who believe in something greater than what is presently manifested. I love that. Yeah. I, it, it, it speaks volumes to me that I have found a group of women with glowing goddess where everybody's wanting to question their own beliefs not everyone but a lot of people want to question their own beliefs and continue to grow and I think that that's for me and we've had this conversation before <clears throat> I'm pretty sure like growing is essential to my life so sometimes sadly I don't necessarily carry friends as I continue to grow and and it's one of, it's one of the hardest things I've had to deal with but um growth is is a number one you know core value for me <laughs> that's good so, I'm glad you know your values and growth is Growth is important to me too, because like you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotten. And outgrowing my friends has been some of the most heartbreaking things I've done. But there are true homies who hang out and who root for you and who like, even if you don't connect with in the same way, you still love and can carry those connections too. Like I was really surprised. I loved that you went to your reunions this summer and you had such a great experience. I went to my 20th high school reunion and I had an amazing experience. I was terrified. I did not think I was going to enjoy it, but I did it anyway. And I'm really glad I did because I got to connect with people as an adult 
you know, in a way that was like much higher and better than how we connected as teens, you know, and it's kind of cool to see like how people end up, but you don't need to carry the weight of everyone's expectations or old friendships. And it's not a failure if, if a friendship can't sustain growth. No, it isn't. And, and I got to tell you that you just nailed on something like as an adult, the reason I want to go back to Saratoga so much is because as an adult to realize the reality of school. So I don't know if this came up during your reunion, but something that came up with my group of high school friends when we were talking is they all knew my, my life was shit, but we all thought everyone else's life was wonderful. And it turned out nobody's life was wonderful. Like there was CPS, there was, and I'm not saying it's good, it's horrible. There was abuse, there was this, there was that. But the point is that like, nobody knew anything. And so as, as children, they all knew like, I was the one who had the shit life and everyone thought they had the good life. But the reality of it is, is we all have a shit life. And so now as adults, when we get to talk about it, it's like, wow, how did this change? You know, it's very interesting. And I love, I love the conversations with my friends from 30 years ago that I'm still connected with because there's something raw about someone that knew you then and knows you now. And yeah, I love that. So good. It's so, it's, it's, it's really beautiful when someone can hold you and hold your changing, but also like have that that soul connection, you know, the stuff, because there's parts of it that never change, right? The most authentic and pure uh, pieces of who I really am. I feel like I keep resurrecting. I want to be more like how I was when I was four. Um, my mom, I asked my mom actually not long ago, like, um, actually when I first moved here two years ago, I asked her, what was I like when I was four? Because I had heard some teacher talking about like really connecting to your four or five-year-old self. And she was like, you were really loving and sweet and like, um, she didn't say this, but I know from other stories that I was very chatty. Um, and <laughs> as an only child, I didn't have anyone else to talk to. So I talked to my mom, um, and, and pets and like inanimate objects and flowers, I'm sure. Um, and so now like, that's kind of the life I'm living. I'm like trying to just be more loving and more chatty and like more connected and let go of all these other performances that I didn't even know I was playing. Um, cause I think we adopt a lot of personality myths. Okay, oh, Meredith, yeah. this is a good place to stop. Do you have any other advice for potential boondockers? Yes, the most important one that I didn't get to, and that is to download the maps ahead of time mm -hmm. because you will not have service in most places. So download the map to where you're going to, save the GPS and put the GPS into your map mm -hmm. and pin it. Yes, yes, so important. It's really what I'm hearing is the most important thing in boondocking is thinking ahead um right which I don't do very well but I did on this one right like I mean I do it when I when I take that back I do it very well when I intentionally do so but in my day-to-day -day, I just kind of live life so it, it was interesting and then you can link anyone who has questions can reach out to me by all means I don't know how you do that but you can do that <laughs> so you are hippie dippy gypsy on Instagram that's a great way to connect with you um yes. with DMs I'll also put I'll put your email um in the show notes too so you can just email you don't even have to be on instagram to email meredith um also if you want to do sound healing type stuff meredith is just i can't recommend her sound healing enough like such a such a gift you have and um and let's see and i'll put a link to river farms bud and breakfast also and awesome right and so like yeah come see me yeah. Oh, yeah come see me march 1st we're open it's gonna be lit like so 
phenomenal. Yes, you got to come. We're doing pop and paints. We're doing craft stuff, everything. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, I'm so excited for you to be living this level of your dream. And I'm excited for the prospect of another episode with you sometime in the future, which I will also, I mean, people should listen and like and subscribe and all the things, but I will also put a link <laughs> to that episode. When, if you're listening to this in the future, hi, in the future. And I'll put a link to when we go back in time and really delve into Meredith's backstory, which is fascinating and magical. Um, I love you so much, Meredith. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. I love you, lady. Yay. And I love you all for listening. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>